first thank Rabbi Palm for inviting me here to speak and for the Eilim for coming. From what I understand, the Eilim Zamachuyev to come to this event or any other event over here. So you're all coming here. The topic is basic Judaism. And from whatever you heard that the topic is going to be or whatever expectations you have, I ask that you erase it and you listen with an open mind because from experience I can tell you that when they announce uh, me speaking about this topic, invariably people don't understand what the topic is about, their expectations. Uh, it turns out that it was, it was different than what really happens. And it's not I who is the one saying this. This is from G'dayla Yisrael from before I was born. The Briskarov had said that even the, in the days of the Briskarov, who was Nifta before I was born, not much, but approximately before I was born, he said that Kval Yisrael has been mushed, but even amongst the Chereid, the Shayyidin, and these are the days of the Briskarov. And in his circles where he traveled, he wasn't talking about the modern Orthodox in his days. He said, even the Chereid, the Shayyidin, have been mushba, and certain Hashkafis have been corrupted. Rav Shach said the same thing, getting a little more uh, to Bizman Hazeh. He said, it's uh, amazing how the Gedele Yisrael uh, were able to uh, foresee that a certain group of people would have hashpah even on Shloimei Amunei Yisrael and to change the hashkafis. He also mentions a lotion that uh, tzaddikim, these are his words, tzaddikim, talmidei chachomim, enum chadurim behavonazu, a certain hashkafah he was trying to instill within his own talmidim. Everybody knows Rav Shach was in Skabal all over the yeshiva shabeltas, Godel Hadar, and in his own yeshiva he had a very hard time explaining to them certain hashkafas, and you see from the mechtovim umaymorim how he struggled to explain certain things, and during these struggles he made comments such, like, such as this. Later on, Reb David Soloveitchik had said the same thing. He said, except for certain exceptional pockets of communities, uh, even if people don't know it, Klal Yisrael as a whole has been influenced by bad hashkafas. And the difference between these and the other ones is like Rebeli Ber Wachfeigel wrote in the Haskamah to my book, he said the corruption has infiltrated the base medrash pinima into the inside the base medrash and even B'nai Torah, we're not talking everybody, but uh, even B'nai Torah, who one would not expect it from, don't even realize that they're influenced. And the difference between this and other bad ideas is that other bad ideas, let's say the Tzduch and the Shapsitz Phoenix, whatever, B'nai Torah understand what a bad idea is and what a good idea is. It's just sometimes hard to make sure we have the good Hashkafa. Let's say Betochen, for example. We know what Betochen is. We know what Gaiva is. We know what bad, bad ideas are, good ideas are. And, and it's a struggle sometimes to get the good ideas. This, we're talking about a situation where it's different where people think they're doing good and people think they have the right idea, we're talking hashkafa-wise, not actions. Hashkafa-wise, but really it's not. This is what the G'daylum have said for Doiris. I'm just going to say pshat. And it's something that many people don't know. And people, there's a big Yetzirah not to be macabre. Everybody, again, from the Briskerov, they asked him certain things. Why don't you talk about certain things he says no one's going to listen. Reverend Grzovsky wrote a Sefer Boyus Hazman largely on this topic, and in there he says there are certain things, certain angles. He says, why talk about it? People don't want to be macabre. And going to today, uh, a Rosh Yeshiva, I don't want to say who, from the Zikne Rosh Yeshiva in America, somebody whose name everybody here certainly knows, from the Zikne Rosh Yeshiva, some a friend of mine asked him, he speaks about this topic, but kind of peripherally, like only Agav, without mentioning even what the topic is. And he, somebody asked him, why don't, you, why, why don't the Rashiva talk about it for Feirish, straight, Rochel Bitchak Tana? He said, I can't, I can't, I can't. People don't want to listen. So we have over here a certain Hashkafis that people don't want to listen, and they haven't heard about it. And I want to tell you, when I was... I was speaking to a, a certain Rosh Hashiva recently, and he was very upset, this Rosh Hashiva, a man maybe 70 years old approximately, and he was very, very upset about certain hashkafas that people in the Yeshiva Shevel, B'nai Torah, have, 
And, and I told him, Rosh Hashiva, I, I, I have a question for you. I said, I came to, I graduated high school in 1976. And I was in yeshiva like all my life. I was in Kohl many, many, many years. I said, could you please explain to me where anybody who, and you've been Rosh Hashiva, I told him for many, many years, explain to me how somebody came to your yeshiva when they were 17, 18 years old, and they stayed there, Ad hazeh, which would be, they would be very old, hazeh. how would they know that these hashkafas are bad? And he said, There was a story, Yid Rav Yaakov Teitelbaum, he was uh, the Rav in Camp Aguda before Rabbi Belsky, he was a very big Talmud Chacham, a Talmud of Rav Meir Arik in Wien, and he writes in a sefer called Kol Yaakov, a story where he was once kicked out of the yeshiva, what happened was that there was a certain rov, a guy, Chayas, his name was, who came to Vienna and they made him a big Boyachem uh, L'Sholem party, big Torah, because he, became to, he came to be the rov. And some guys from the yeshiva went to the, went to the event. The next day, Rebbeah Arik would not let them in the yeshiva. He said, you guys are not allowed in the yeshiva. He kicked them out. And they had no idea what they did wrong. And they asked one of the Bochum, could you please ask the yeshiva what, what we did? And he said, any bochur that goes to that event to hear that rov, to his achtorah, are not talmidim of mine. And they asked this bochur, the four guys that were kicked out, could the Rosh Hashiva, ask the Rosh Hashiva, we want five minutes of his time. And he said, fine. And they asked the Rosh Hashiva, Rebbe this was, he was a, a godel hador, they asked him, Rosh Hashiva, whatever you say, we're makabal, but we have one shaila, not even a kasha, a shaila. You're our Rosh Hashiva. You know what we learned. Tell us, what did you ever teach us that we should know not to go to this event, that this would be a bad thing? And the Rosh was moida. He took him back into the Yeshiva, and it says in the Sefer that from that day on, he was him just a little to teach them all about the bad, deviant movements and movements in Klal Yisrael from Christianity down Ad Hayom Hazer, so that people should recognize it. And there's a gap. There's a gap for many reasons. One of the main reasons is that people, Poshet, didn't want to hear, and, and, and somebody my age who went through yeshiva, our rebbeim didn't teach it to us, by and large, sometimes a little, yeah, but usually we didn't hear. And now the people my age are the rebbeim, and now they have to give it over, but they didn't hear either. And the Rosh Hashivas who taught us are moida to this. But a braver they didn't have much. Because everybody my age, by the way, I don't know if you have parents or uh, uh, even grandparents have, grand, have uh, grandchildren your age. Um, you ask them when people came to America, all our, most of our parents, 90% of the Ashkenazim are Holocaust survivors. And uh, the Yeshivas did a very, had a very, very hard job just trying to keep the Bochrim that they shouldn't go to college. That was the Mulchoma then. I know it's hard to understand now, but when I graduated Yeshiva, I went to Chaim Berlin, right of my class, they went to college. And, and Mir then Asard College, but they were Mir guys that went to college in the olden days. But they Asard then Chaim Berlin Asad, Torvadas, where I was in Brooklyn, still had college guys there until Ad Hayyim Hazer, that little by little, that we grew up and we had children and, and, and the Torah was built up more in America, only the Lakewood Yeshivas, Long Beach, Scranton, Denver, uh, Philly, they didn't uh, allow college. But it was a big thing, that was a Baron Kutler Zoyf too. But Kitz and Nimritz, there's there certain Hashkafas in Yiddishkeit that because of certain reasons, they were uh, kind of left out or erased, and I'm going to discuss that now. And when I say basic Yiddishkeit, we're going to start mamish from the beginning. I'm going to start with certain hashkafas that everybody in Klal Yisrael knew, let's say, 300 years ago. One, what is a Jew? What does it mean to be a Yid? So you know Yechayiv and Mitzvahs, right? But then there's not only individual Yidin, there's Am Yisrael, right? What is Am Yisrael? What makes us, what makes Klal Yisrael Klal Yisrael? So let's see, what makes French people, what makes French people French? Any ideas, volunteers, what makes the French people French? You, you live in France. Somebody said what, French toast? French fries. Uh, you know what, French food, French language, they speak French, they live in French, a land, a language, a culture, right? That's what makes the Italians the Italians, a land, a language, and a culture, a history, a heritage, and things like that. Klal Yisrael is different. 
What makes Klal Yisrael an Am, Am Yisrael, says Rav Sajagoyim about a thousand years ago, this is the most succinct Yisrael, everybody brings this as the mocker. Ein umoiseinu umo el seho. Klal Yisrael is different than all other umois. Klal Yisrael is a nation only because of the Torah. This means like this, that before Klal Yisrael gave us the Torah, there was, Hashem gave us the Torah, there was no Am Yisrael. If Hashem would not have given us the Torah, it's not the pshat we'd be Jews without a Torah. We wouldn't be Jews. If Hashem would have given the Torah to other people, they would be Klal Yisrael and not us. Being a Jew is the Taicha job description. I know people declare, what is being a Jew? It's a race, a religion, or this. Really, it's a job description. Because if you say it's a religion, which it is, you say, what if somebody it doesn't believe in the religion or he doesn't keep the religion? Is he still a Jewish chayv and mitzvah? The Teretz is a better way to say it, is that being a Yid is a job description. Hashem gave us a job. And he gave us a job, and whoever has the job is a Yid. Somebody who didn't get the job on Har Sinai uh, can volunteer to get the job, and that's called their Magaya. Now, this is Hashkafa number one. Everybody understood that Klal Yisrael, the Taich Shavayid, is somebody who's Makabal Torah. There is no lands, language, or culture that makes the Jews Jews. Well, the tr truth is, we do have a common language that makes us Jews. That all Jews all over the world should speak. You know what the common language is? Einu moiseinu umo elabisoyra seho. Umo is only an Umo with the Torah. One Yid, uh, Yemenite Yid, if meets a, a Yekisha Yid somewhere on Bain Hazmanim, and they have a common language. They don't have common food, they don't have common culture, they don't live in a common place, and one speaks Yemenite, whatever language they speak there, and the other speaks German. But they do have a common language. One says to the other, what sugi you learned this year? He says, Hoidoz Baldin. Says, ah, Hoidos Baldin, I gotta tell you my new pshat in the Marin Lave. Ah, that's the language that that's the common language. The French speak French, and the Italians speak Italian, and the uh, Germans speak German, and Claudius Roll speaks Torah. And it doesn't matter if they eat Cholent on Shabbos or Grunkern on Shabbos, or they speak. Uh, Spanish or Ladino or, or German or Russian, whatever it is, that's not the language of the Jews. The language, just like the French have a common language, French, the Yidden have a common language. Everybody knows the Machloikis Ketsois and Maran Leiv. And if a guy doesn't know it, so he has a schwach vocabulary. It's like an American that it comes from a foreign language. Uh, maybe he speaks Spanish, he doesn't speak English so well. He's an American, but a schwach English. Our homeland is the Torah Within our homeland, we're safe. HaKadosh Baruch guarantees our survival. If we leave our homeland, Klal Yisrael is in danger. The Torah is our language. The Torah is our land. The Torah is our culture. That doesn't make, it doesn't make a difference culture. Jews don't have a culture. Achilik, what a person eats. eats gefilter fish on Shabbos or eats sushi on Shabbos. Mamash no nafkamina. You go to Yiddish, you go to Italian neighborhood, they have Italian food. You go to a, a um, French neighborhood, they have French food. You go to a Jewish neighborhood, what do they have? Pizza and sushi. When we say Yiddish food, what's Yiddish food? Yiddish food is something that's glat kosher. That's Yiddish food. There's only one thing that unites the Jews, and that's the Torah HaKadoshah. That's Yisoyed number one. If somebody didn't believe in the Torah HaKadoshah, not only did he not believe in the mitzvahs, he didn't believe that he's a Yid. He doesn't believe in Klal Yisrael. Big Yisoyed. If somebody says, I don't believe that Hashem gave the Torah, that means he doesn't believe there's such a metzius called Klal Yisrael. Klal Yisrael is the taich when Hashem gave the Torah. Hayoyim hazen la'om, the Pesach says. The Gemara, today you became a nation. The Gemara says it means the day of Kabbalah's HaTorah. If somebody does not believe in the Torah, he does not believe there's such a thing as an Am Yisrael. He may think he believes in an Am Yisrael. And a guy says, well, I don't, I'm not from, I don't believe in the Torah, but I believe in Jews. Ask him, what's a Jew? He'll give you whatever answer he may give you. But it's a Shekhev Achazov. When he says Jew and when we say Jew, it means two things. Whatever nation he says that exists of the Jews, we say Lahadam does not exist. There's only one Am Yisrael, and that's an Am Yisrael that was created by the Torah. And our Am Yisrael 
he doesn't believe exists. It's like a guy, if, if a guy says, I, 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 I love the Jews, I love the Jews, but I don't believe in Kabbalah Satyra, it's like a guy says, I'm a fan of the Yankees, I'm a Yankee fan, but I don't believe there's such a team like the Yankees. What are you a fan of? What? When? I No, no, the Yankees, that's not a baseball team. The Yankees is a, 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 a racing car a driver. No, 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 no. When he says Yankee fan, you say Yankee fan, it's two different things. When a Frumayid, when a Maimon, a Frumayid says, I love Jews, and when another guy says, I love Jews, if he doesn't believe in the Torah, he doesn't love Jews. He loves some people who he thinks are Jews. So a person doesn't even believe Siddhar Klal Yisrael. Now, this guy who doesn't believe he's still Chayven, imagine an American. He, he um, doesn't believe that the America, the America exists. The laws he doesn't believe exists. The, the country he doesn't believe exists. He lives here and he thinks this country is Spain. He doesn't believe in America. He thinks it's Hefkevelt. There's no such country here. The truth of the matter is it doesn't matter. If he breaks the law, we're going to arrest him. He's still, he's still, he's still Chayven to pay taxes. You can't come to a guy, the IRS comes to a guy to pay taxes, and he says, you know what, I don't believe in America, so I'm not hive to pay taxes. They'll say, very nice, they'll pat him on the head, and they'll go to his bank account, and they'll take away his money, they'll take his taxes. This is Hashkafa number one, that all of Klal Yisrael understood. An Apikairis is considered a traitor. Every country has traitors. If a guy spies on America, he's a traitor. If a guy does says, I don't believe in, I, I'm not mock here, the authority of the American uh, uh, government. So he's a rebel against the United States. If you get a speeding ticket and you go to the judge and you tell the judge, I was in a rush, whatever, I'm sorry, so he may give you a ticket. But what if you tell the judge, you know what, judge, I don't believe you, I don't believe you have any authority over me. Who are you to tell me what to do? They have a sign over here, I'm not mock here. So you're not a, a criminal now. You didn't violate the law. You're a rebel. Now you're a revolutionary. If there's a king and people violate the king's laws, everybody does. Fine. But at least you believe there's a king. Imagine a guy comes to Rabbi Nishan and says, I don't, I'm not masking that you exist. Your law doesn't exist. It's a different type of Avera. That person is an enemy of Hashem and he's an enemy of the Jews. As somebody who says, I don't believe in the American government, they have no authority over me, he's an enemy of America. If a guy says, I don't believe, you have a camp over here, whoever's running the camp, say, I don't care what he says. Listen, maybe you don't keep the rules all the time. Not everybody keeps all the rules of everything. But a guy says, you know what? I don't believe you have any authority over me. Now you're not breaking the rules. Now you're an enemy. All of Klal Yisrael knew that people who didn't believe in the Torah, they were the enemies of Klal Yisrael. Now, what do you do with an enemy? Sometimes you try to make an enemy a friend, right? If you have, America has enemies, you try to convince them. When you fight a war, there are all sorts of things, what to do with the enemy, right? And sometimes you convince them to drop their weapons. How to deal with this is another story. So, Bekitza, what makes Klal Yisrael, Klal Yisrael is the Torah Hakdoshin, nothing else. You love Jews? Reb Tzodik says, Ahavas Yisrael is an offshoot of Ahavas Hashem. Since the only thing that keeps us together is the Torah, if you love another Jew, it means you love the Torah. You love him because he's a Jew, not because he's a good baseball player and not because he's from the same country as you. You love him because it's an offshoot of the Torah. Everything revolves around the Torah. If something doesn't involve Hashem and the Torah, and I'm using both those terms uh, interchangeably, it's not Jewish. The word Jewish has to, if you, the adjective Jewish, has to go on something that has to do with Hashem and the Torah. If it doesn't involve Hashem and the Torah, then the word Jewish doesn't apply. That's all Yiddish, that's all being Jewish meant. Next, Hashkafa. Klal Yisrael remains safe throughout the generations. One of the big Nisim, everybody knows that Klal Yisrael survived 2,000 years of Gaul. How did Klal Yisrael survive 2,000 years of Gaul? So there's a marshal. The Masha says like this, that even though schar mitzvah b'hayal moleko, that uh, sometimes you have tzadik v'raloi, rosh v'toivloi, when it comes to klal Yisrael as a whole, when it comes to the rabbim, there's no such thing as, as uh, tzadik v'raloi and rosh v'toivloi. When it comes to klal Yisrael as a whole, big yisoid, Masha, Rebbe brings it, it's, klal Yisrael only runs through schar v'oinish. 
Klal Yisrael as a whole, there's no such thing you get bad in Olam Haza in order to get good in Olam Haba. That happens to individuals. But Klal Yisrael as a Rabbin, what we get only what we deserve. And when there were Tsaris, there was only one solution. The solution is an individual, you have to do his stadlus and, and, and you, you have to go to doctor and stuff. But Klal Yisrael as a rabbin, there's no such thing as his stadlus for Klal Yisrael as a rabbin. Esau got a bracha of Shachas Mazbe al that you, you live by the sword. That means if you have Esau countries, Esau nations, whoever has a bigger sword and a stronger sword wins the war. But Klal Yisrael did not get that bracha. Yaakov got a bracha of Ayitin Lecholi Kimi That means swords and guns do not help Klal Yisrael. An individual, yes, yeah, somebody mugs you in the street, you pull out a gun, you shoot him, you're good. But Klal Yisrael as a whole doesn't help. There was a story, very important, Valdiga story with Rebarch Ber used to say it over. In the, uh, there's two different Muschois, but pretty much they're the same. In the days of Reb Chaim, the Maskilim, they always used to make fun of Klal Yisrael. And they made a play. They made a play about the Jews to make fun of them. The from Yidin. And here was the play. They, Klal Yisrael was going to war. And they had the Meshuach Mulchoma uh, recruiting an army. And he said, okay, who wants to fight in the war? Thousands of people came. He said, all right, but hold on. Whoever ma got married recently, go home. Some people went home. Whoever built a house, go home. Others went home. Whoever's scared of the enemy, meaning you don't have enough, you be talking, go home. You went home. Whoever did Averis, Hasoch Ben Tefillah you didn't even Averis Rabbonon, go home. Everybody went home, and at the end, there were only two people left to fight the war Reb Chaim Brisker and the Chofetz Chaim. Everybody went home. It was a funny play, imagine. Somebody put on a play, that was it. And it was, uh, they made Litzonis. So they took this play, and they ran to Reb Chaim Brisker, and they, and they asked him, What do we answer? What do we say to this? So Reb Chaim says, Let me see. So he looks at the. the Transcript and he says the first thing. Oh, this is true. Very good. The second one second thing. Well, these people go home Gvaldic. The third one. Yes, it's true. The fourth one. It's true. He said everything here is right Except they left out one part of the story We won the war That's how Klal Yisrael won wars You see when 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 Bullock saw he was afraid of Klal Yisrael Kiravhu he was a shaita. He didn't chap what was going on. He didn't have to worry about Klal Yisrael had so many soldiers. He needed to worry about Reb Chaim and the Chofetz Chaim. That's what, that's what went wrong over there. He needed to worry about Reb Chaim and the Chofetz Chaim. Klal Yisrael won wars on Schusim. That's it. Now, we live in a world of Hester Ponim, so they have to carry weapons and stuff like that because that's just the, the Hester Ponim of the world. We need Bechira Chofshis. We can't have uh, open Nisim. But that's how Klal Yisrael won wars. And then that's Hashkafa number two that everybody knew. Hashkafa number three, in Golos. Everybody knows this. You all learned it, I'm sure. But now let's use it, Lamaisa. Yaakov Avinu meets Esav. Yaakov is afraid of Esav. comes with 400 people. They want, he wants to kill Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu is a very strong man. Yaakov Avinu... Uh, 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 rolled rocks off wells, and Yaakov Avinu could have done Nisim, Elisha uh, Hanovi, Elion Novi, they brought fire, Elion Novi brought fire down Menashemayim to incinerate his enemies. Certainly Yaakov Avinu could have done that, but he didn't protect himself from Esau through fighting, even though he could have. What did Yaakov Avinu do? He bowed. And everybody knows that Chazal say this is how Klal Yisrael is supposed to act in Golos. In Golos, Klal Yisrael survives not by fighting against their enemies. They survive by bowing to their enemies or running away. When it says that Yaakov Vinu prepared L'doyren and L'mochoma, the Ramban says, L'mochoma means, you see in English, L'mochoma can be translated two ways. It means prepare for war or prepare for a war. Prepare for war means get your sword ready. Prepare for a war means get, make sure your passport is, is ready and run away. The Ramban says it means run away. And the Chafetz Chaim Alatoyer Parshas Dvorim says, you see from this Ramban, Klal Yisrael, the way Klal Yisrael survives in Golos. We do not fight with Goyim in Golos. We will not win. It will not help us. The way we, the way we survive, this is part of the Xeris HaGolos, is by Doiren, obviously davening, but Tfila, 
Doirin, running away, this is the way it works. And it's a very simple thing. You know, in, in nature, there are different ways to survive. If you meet a shark, if you're swimming in the ocean, you meet a shark. So they say what you're supposed to do is to hit the shark with a blunt object, any kind of weapon you have, a camera, something in the nose, in the gills, until he runs away. But if you meet a grizzly bear, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to play dead and don't move. A door comes running at you, everybody knows you stay stiff. Why? Not that you're a coward and you don't want to fight. Because the teva of dogs and the teva of bears is different than the teva of sharks. The teva of dogs, when they attack people, if the person is, is stiff, the dog will hopefully, hopefully, nalavdavka, but your best shot at surviving is if you don't do anything. The teva, the teva of Klal Yisrael, when it gets into friction with the umois, is we're not a danger. We, we're not a threat. We're not a danger. We're not going to fight. Well, like a grizzly bear. They claim like grizzly bears. Or like pit bulls, you, you don't, you, you can run away, you're not supposed to run away from the bear. But for a guy, you run away, or you stay stiff, or you bow like Yaakov did. And everybody knows that when our sages met the Goyesha uh, kings to negotiate for Klal against Gzairus, the first thing they did, they prepared by learning the Parsha in Vayishlach when Yaakov met Esau. Another hashkafa that everybody knew. What's the job of Klal Yisrael in the world? We are mamleches kaihanim v'goy kadosh. Means that our job is our accomplishments. What, what is considered an accomplishment of Klal Yisrael? Torah and mitzvahs. A guy finishes shas. If you look throughout history, the Jews, Jews were very literate people. In the goyim, in France in the 1800s, they started uh, compulsory education in Europe. By Klal Yisrael, it started in the Beis HaMikdash. Yeshu Ben Gamla made a gzera that everybody has, every town has to have yeshivas. Jews always knew how to read, write, uh, or at least much more than by the Goyim. But we never had Jewish poetry, not, from poetry, yeah, like piyutim, yeah, but literature, fiction literature, poetry, art. You ever hear of Jewish art? architecture, sports. We never were interested in this. Is something wrong with it? Nothing wrong. If a guy's going to have nothing to do and he wants to paint a painting, gesundheit, hate, why not? It's not usser, but that wasn't our goal. It was not a zach. It wasn't a thing, nothing to be proud of. If a guy wins a gold medal in an Olympic, he's proud. If a Jew wins, he's not, not proud, nothing to be proud of. Nothing usser. But question is, what is the goal? The goal was we are mamleches kaihanim v'goy kodesh, and 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 Klal Yisrael even had we know from Goshen was the first ghetto in the world where Klal Yisrael wanted asked we could please segregate ourselves from somebody else because we have we were a different world. Imagine lahavdalel of havdolus, you know those nations of those priests that that live on a mountaintop all alone and they don't have anything to do with the world. That's Klal Yisrael, Lahavdil. We have our stuff, we learn our Torah, mitzvahs, that's all we were interested in. And if somebody finished Shas and Poiskim and was a big tzaddik, his life was a big success. That's Klal Yisrael once upon a time, and everybody knew this. There was anti-Semitism, and there were persecutions. And every time there were persecutions, the Jews turned to their Bani Shalolim, we just had Tishabov, the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. What did Chazal tell us? Did Chazal tell us to boycott the Romans from now on? Did they tell us now we have to fight? There were those who wanted to fight. They're called Bar Yoinim. And Rabbi Yoifin and Ben Zakai mastered on them. He said to, to Aspasionus, it's those guys. We have nothing to do with them. We don't want to fight. He bowed to him. Did they, did they afterwards, did they say, now don't buy Roman products? From now on, we have to... Uh, get uh, more swords to make sure that next time the Romans come, we're going to fight. No! Chazal said, Sinas Chinam. Chazal said, Shloi Berchu B'Tayra Chazal said, Hamidu Devreim Al Din Whatever the reasons were, everything Chazal said to be Mesakein, we all know this, everything Chazal said to be Mesakein was only Ruchnius. That's it. Why? Because of the Marshal. If an individual would get mugged in the street, 
Maybe he should carry a knife on him next time. Maybe yeah, maybe no. It depends whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, but it, there's a havamina like that for sure. But when Klal Yisrael gets destroyed, there's no havamina that now we should buy guns. The havam, only havamina maskona was sinas chinam, toyot filut stoker, mavirines roya What do we have to do to be masakin? End of story. When there was the Spanish Inquisition, the, the um, expulsion from Spain, uh, the Chosid Yaivitz wrote a safer about it and declare what Avera was it that caused it. Whenever there was a Tzor in Klal Yisrael throughout history, we always thought, first thing, what was the Avera that caused it? Nobody ever thought, because in Golis it's a bad idea to go fight, uh, go get guns and say, now we're going to fight. They go, it's not going to help, because Scharva Oynish, if we deserve, it's not al we got the wrong bracha. This is what Klal Yisrael always understood. Here's the problem, here's what happened. There was something called the Emancipation and the Enlightenment. Basically, what happened was, in the days of the Maskilim, in the days of, let's say, it was 1700s, the world became more liberal, and religion didn't have such authority anymore. The church used to have authority. The church used to tell the king what he's allowed to do and what he's allowed to say. No more. Now, science took over, and everybody had freedom to be religious or not religious, and a lot of Jews preferred a Goyesha lifestyle than a Jewish lifestyle, meaning they said, look, we have an opportunity. Say starting the 1800s, we have an opportunity. The Goyim are letting us be like them. We can have Jewish art, we can have Jewish science, we can have Jewish architecture. Let's do it. And there were Jews who Mamish assimilated. They had a Gelegenheit. There never was such an opportunity before on massive scales in the 1800s. But guess what? It was Nella Mayhem, the vote from the Beis Halevi. You all know the Beis Halevi, right? It's the second most famous Beis Halevi. The Beis Halevi says that Hashem keeps a distance between the Jews and the Goyim. And if the Jews want to get closer to the Goyim, Hashem makes the Goyim go farther away from the Jews. Meaning if the Jews try to assimilate anti-Semitism, uh, it, it gets larger, it increases, so that the Jews should keep their distance. And it started in Russia, 1881. The Jews were enlightened, many of them. Many of them were not from. Many of them were semi-from. Many of them were, were, were orthodox, you could call it, but very cultured, very language. They were very assimilated. 1881 started pogroms in Russia. Horrific pogroms. And then anti-Semitism continued in other places. And now, these Jews didn't know what to do with themselves. They didn't want to be from a Yidden, because from a Yidden had all those hashkafas. They wanted to be normal. Normal means you, we want art, we want science, we want culture, we want to be a normal people. Some from and some not from. Mostly not from, because everybody knew this was what being from was. The Maskilim, guys like Moses Mendelssohn, wanted to make a pshara between them. But the Goyim won't accept us as Goyim. And the Yidden? They won't accept us as Yidden. They tried assimilation. Haskola. I'm making this very big kids, or it didn't work because there were pogroms and anti-Semitism. So they said, you know what we have to do? You know what plan B is? Plan B, in order to, we gotta, we gotta get rid of these stupid hashkafas that the Jews have. The reason why the Goyim hate us is because look at these Jews, these crazy Jews. They're, they're, the anti-Semites looked at the Jews, immoral, sick, sickly, weak, cowardly. We have our instructions from Yaakov Avinu. They took that to mean cowardly. Imagine, imagine living in a jungle together with uh, animals. And the animals every once in a while stampede the rhinoceroses or the gorillas or whatever. And what are you going to do? You're going to run away, right? But imagine how the animals and their animal brain looks at you. Ha, these, these weaklings, these cowards. Uh, first of all, they're weak. 
They can't, uh, like an elephant, they can't pull a tree up out of the ground with their nose. They can't swing from trees. They can't crush their enemies. They can't bite things. Look at what they eat, a fork and an eye. This is how the Goyim and the assimilated Jews looked at the Prumayidim. They're not normal. They're not like the Goyim. What are we going to do? Teret says we have to change Klal Yisrael. The only way that anti-Semitism is going to go away is if we change Klal Yisrael. And by the way, these Jews hated the other Jews also. These uh, one, Jews wanted to assimilate, looked down on the B'nai Torah and said, their fault that anti-Semitism exists. They did it. If it wasn't for these stupid Jews with their stupid hashkafas, anti-Semitism would exist. So here's what they did. They invented a plan to get rid of these hashkafas from Klal Yisrael, mainly the ones I mentioned. Here was the plan. In those days, by the way, something I, I didn't mention until now, there was a new hashkafa amongst the Goyim. It was called nationalism. National, nationalism means that until then, uh, everybody was, everybody, there was a king, king was like a rebbe, and everybody was the Hasidim of the king. When you fought a war, you fought for the king. You didn't fight for yourself. The king told you what to do, right? Nationalism meant there's a new metzius that a person has. I'm not a subject of the king. I'm an Englishman. It's an identity. I'm an Englishman. And my, nation, my nationality is my identity. And when I'm fighting, I'm not fighting for the king. I'm fighting for England, for my country, my people. And, and we want to become countries. And people rebelled against kings. And they became nationalities. The Balkan states. And they became proud people. Proud people. I'm an Englishman. I'm a Frenchman. And there's something choshev about being a Frenchman. There's something choshev about being a German. And even they considered many of them superior to everybody else. England is the best nationality. We're the best people. The Germans, we're the best people. The French, no, we're the best people. It became like color war teams. That's mamish what it was. Instead of blue, green, and yellow, and, and red, it was France, England, Germany. We became nations. It was a new hashkafa by the Goyim. And these people said, we have to do this for the Jews. We're going to make the Jews into a nationality. We're going to give them what all the Goyim have, this nationalism. It will make them proud. It will make them strong. But the problem is, nationality means... You have a land, a language, a culture together. And what do the Yidin have? There's a Yid in Yemen. There's a Yid in, in Germany. There's a Yid in Russia. What Shaykhs do they have one with the other? They had no national characteristics. Nations spoke the same language. That was a very important thing by, by nations. Speaking the language in Germany, you, you heard, I'm sure, that the Maskila wanted very much that the Jews should speak German because languages was very important. If you were fighting a war in America, who would you feel more comfortable fighting against? Canada, who speaks English, or England, who speaks English, or let's say Saudi Arabia, where they speak a language you have no idea. It's much easier to fight against people that speak a different language. You feel separate from them. People that speak the same language as you, you feel close to them. This Achdus, we have the same land, the same language, the same culture, we eat the same food. That was a new type of Achdus that was invented in the world then, and they said, we have to do this for the Jews. They made a movement. You know what the movement was called? Zionism. The idea of this movement was to eradicate the Hashkafas from Klal Yisrael. No, Klal Yisrael is not an arm that was made on Har Sinai. It's a nationality. Here's the problem. We don't have a land. We don't have a language. We don't have a culture. We don't have anything that nationalities do. How are the Jews going to become like the French if all we have is Torah. So the Territ says we're going to make sure that they don't have only Torah. We're going to give them a language. They didn't have any Medina in those days. We're going to give them a language. We're going to invent a language, Ivrit, modern Hebrew. And the Jews are going to speak, if they, even if they don't have a land yet, let them all learn Ivrit. Let all the Jews speak Ivrit. Forget Ketsois, forget the Maran Leib. They'll speak Ivrit, they'll be able, they'll feel the Yemenite Jew and the Russian Jew and the German Jew will feel united through the language the same way the French people feel united through language. One French guy in America, one French guy in Delaware Water Gap, they go to the tourist attraction, meets another guy, and they hear each other speaking French. Suddenly they feel a achdus between them. Let the Jews feel that. You meet a, a guy in a moving truck, a guy's fry, whatever, it doesn't matter. You hear him speaking, you've written, feel an achdus with them. 
Make them feel that. Give them a culture. Give them a flag. Give them food. Make them, make them feel like a nation, a nationality. There was a machloikis grada whether they should try to get a country amongst them. There are those that said it's very not practical to get a country. Where are you going to get a country from? But there are others like Theodore Herzl, Yamach Shemoy, that said, no, we've got to get a, we got to get a country. And, and, and just like the French are going to look at themselves, we have a France, the Jews are going to look at themselves, we have our country. And the purpose, like Reb Chaim Briska said, that it's not the Pshat they need a Medina in order to shmad the Jews. The, the, not the Pshat they want to shmad, shmad the Jews in order to make a Medina. They need a Medina in order to shmad the Jews. Reb Chaim didn't mean dafka, that they, the Tzioinim want the Jews not to put on tefillin. They want the Jews to change a dachistic, the definition, the identity, the proud. What does it feel like to be a Jew? What does it mean to be a Jew? And this, all the Gedolim said, is Mamesh Dezor. Because, you know, Yisrael Vairais of a Kutcher if you change Hashem into a Getchka, that's a Vaidazara. If you change the Airais into New Testament, it's a Vaidazara. And if you change the Metsias of Klal Yisrael, that also is a Vaidazara. You don't have to take up your tefillin, you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is think in your mind that the Jews are united by something other than, or in addition to the Torah, that's a Vaidazara, and that's what they wanted. And, and what was going to be the Maskano? So they said, you know what's going to be the maskana? From now on, who's going to be considered a good Jew and who's going to be considered a bad Jew? Until now, whoever was a tzaddik was a good Jew, whoever was a Russia is a bad Jew. Now, no, 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 no. Being loyal to Hashem doesn't make you good or bad. What makes you part of a Jew is if you're, you're like a French, if you speak the language, if you, you fight in the Jewish army, if you have the Jewish culture, and if you're loyal to your fellow Jews, regardless of what religion or how much religion, that's a good Jew now. That it's a new touch of a whole new touch of what Klal Yisrael is, a whole new identity. So they started it. They started it. They started writing a history. They wrote a fake history of Klal. They gave a flag to Klal Yisrael before Medina. They had the what they call the Israeli flag. Why do they need a flag? They needed a flag because the Kurds have a flag. They don't have a country. But the Kurds are a nationality without a country. So they started giving the Jews national. Symptoms, national equipment, a language, a flag. They wrote, they made Hatikva. We have a national, did the Jews ever have a flag? No. Did the Jews even have a symbol of the Jews? No. Mogandavan wasn't a symbol of the Jews. It's a, there's an Indian, everybody knows. There's a, uh, Rabbi Yonison Ibishitz talks about it, the Ramad Valley. And if you have ever, ever looked in your little miniature microscopic Raziel HaMalach, that you keep behind the Svam Shrine. In the back pages, they're like Morgan Dovitz, they are Picabol, I don't know what it says there. Even if I could read it, even if I would have eyesight that, that I could, I have no idea what, you know, what, what the Sefer is, that's Kabbalah stuff, it's not for me. But, but that was a symbol of the Jews? No such thing. We give them a symbol, give them a flag, make them feel like a nationality. We're a nation like everybody else. That's Avoid Zora. And finally, 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 they get, got them a country. All the countries in the world, except one, are the countries of their citizens. Italy is the country of the Italians. France is the country of the French. And Italy represents the Italians. And if a guy wasn't Italian and he moves to the United States of America, he's not Italian anymore. And his children and grandchildren eventually become Mamish Americans. Everybody here in this room, I'll bet at least 99%, your great-great-grandparents, everybody my age, mostly our parents, but your great-great-grandparents came here from some other country. But you're Americans. You're not Hungarian, you're not Polish, you call yourself Hungarian. But even that is because you came from Hungary. Every country represents its citizens and nobody else. If I don't like America, I could go to Mexico and I'll become a Mexican, except one country. The country of Israel is the country of the Jews. That means that it, they consider it the state of the Jewish people. That means that it's your country. A Jewish state means, and I'm quoting now, Benjamin Netanyahu. Japan is, to finish this equation, Japan is to the Japanese. What France is to the French, what Israel is to the, I would say Israelis, right? No. Japan is to the Japanese what France is to the French, what Israel is to the Jews. That's the only country like that. Without Zionism, Zionism is an ideology, it's a hashkafa. 
that says the Jews are a nationality and that Israel is the state. Two things it makes, two claims. One, the Jews are a nationality and two, Israel is the state. The first claim is of, it's, it's all avoid Zara because it's a change in what Klal Yisrael, we don't have a state, I'm an American. I, when he says that Israel is to the, when Japan is to the Japanese, what uh, France is to the French, what Israel is to the Jews, he means also the Jews in France. He doesn't mean only the Jews in Israel, obviously. So that means France has two types of citizens. There's Goyim French and Jewish French. France is the country of the Goyish French. Israel is the country of the Jewish French. And Israel is your country, and Benjamin Netanyahu, he said, is, is your leader, he called himself. And Naftali Bennett said his job is to be the leader of all the Jews. And he said, Prime Minister of Israel is the Prime Minister of the Jews. And Israel calls itself, everybody knows, the state of the Jews. Not just they have a benefit if you want, you can go there. No, 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 no. It is your state, your country, your flag, your loyalty. That's Mamish Avoid and that's Zionism. Now, Lamai Nafgamina Tos, big Nafgamina. There are Yidin living in Israel, there are Yidin living in England. Uh, until recently, uh, there was a much big minority of Jews living in Israel, and it gets bigger and bigger because of birth rates, and people move there all the time. But if anybody thinks, but the truth is Israel has as much to do with the Jewish people. I'm not talking about the Yidden in Israel. And I'm not talking about the Irakoidish. You see, what they did was they changed, they changed just a drop. Dachistika changes. There's a machloikis, by the way. What land to get for the Jews? Should the Jews get Alaska? There was a Havamina. Uh, there was a Uganda program, a Havamina. Herzl said, no, 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 no. If you want to market this to the Jews, you have to get Eretz Yisroel. Because the Jews are connected to Eretz Yisroel. Just change it from Ruchnius. Our connection to Eretz Yisroel is it's a holy land. Change it to become political, to become national. From Ruchnius to Gashmius. From Ruchnius, from spirituality to political. means like this. Do you know what the word, what a homeland means? Is Eretz Yisroel our homeland? Tell me, can anybody touch for me what homeland means? So I'll give you a hint. In English, it's a hard word. By the way, the word was invented in the 1600s. In modern Hebrew, how do they call homeland? Moledet. Moledet means the place the nation was born. And indeed, in Israel's Declaration of Independence, it says, here the nation was born. Klal Yisrael was born on Har Sinai. According to Zionism, no, Israel is the France of the Jews. There we were born. That's our connection. And by the way, you want to hear something funny? They started history books. You have no idea the propaganda. Over a hundred years, they tried to get people to, to be convinced of this. Were anybody here in Yushalayim? Yeah. Can any, you, you, you know, most of the streets in Yushalayim are named after uh, Jewish personalities. From Fry, Tzadikim, Rishoyim, right? Can anybody, did anybody ever see a Moshe Rabbeinu street in Yushalayim? Avram Avinu street, Yitzchak Avinu street, no, Yaakov Avinu street, they don't exist. The streets, there's one neighborhood, I looked on the, the uh, Google Maps because my son, when he went to Israel to learn, um, he calls me up in thir after th uh, a day and he says, Ta, the propaganda here is unbelievable. I said to him, what did you see in a day? He says to me, the streets start being named by, there's a street, Bin Nun, by Yeshua. Do you know why they start being named by Yeshua? And after Yeshua, everybody's there. Everybody. You know why? Because Gretz, Heinrich Gretz, he was a historian. And in the book, uh, The Making of Modern Zionism by Israel's probably all-time top political scientist, Shlomo Vineri, he says that Gretz started the Hashkafa of Zionism by saying that the Jews, the history, look, the history of the Jews, you know where the history of the Jews starts? When the Jews came into Eretz Yisrael. <laughs> you see, that's the start of the history of the Jews. And the street, there is one neighborhood, by the way, that has like Imois, a few blocks, Sorif Garochalei, it's like Imois neighborhood. But aside from that, the streets start from Benun. I, my son told this to Rav Moshe Sternbach, I was there, Bishas Maises, maybe five years ago, he said he never noticed that. That's because Rav Moshe Sternbach did not need to read The Making of Modern Zionism, which I did. 
When you go into a store around Hanukkah time, a, a Goyesha store, Macy's, so let's say they sell Hanukkah, you know, stuff, paraphernalia, and uh, uh, the Choga paraphernalia. The Choga paraphernalia, wherever you go, it's always green and red. That's the color pattern and gold, that's their thing. What color always are the Hanukkah decorations? Blue and white. Can anybody tell me what blue and white has to do with Hanukkah? Gold, fire maybe, red, yellow. <laughs> we know what blue and white is. This is part of the subliminal propaganda to make a connection between Klal Yisrael and this country in the Middle East. Any connection between the Jews and that country, the land, by the way, the land, Lebanon, part of Lebanon is Eretz Yisrael, somewhere south of Cairo. I don't know exactly what city is there. Well, somewhere south of Cairo starts Eretz Yisrael, Trumas, Maestras, Kedusha, and uh, Eilat is not part of Eretz Yisrael. But Eretz Yisrael is, is a holy place, there's no question about it, but the country, the flag, the this, what, can any, what connection does that have with the Jews? It has no more connection, and if there's one thing, just one thing, one thing, an ichor to take out, because I don't have a lot of time tonight, from this whole thing, it's this. This country has as much to do with the, Jew, with the Jewish people as China or Korea. And that's the Yisoyed HaYisoydis. They wanted to make Zionism means two things. One, that the Jews are a nationality. They're things that unite us. Maybe the anti-Semites hate all of us. That's nothing to you. Now, by the way, they asked Herzl, what's a Jew? Because, you see, if you don't believe in Kabbalah Satori, what are you going to say a Jew is? A Jew is an ethnicity? So you're going to tell me that a German Giyaris and a Yemenite a Jew are from the same ethnicity? There is no pshat. There has no pshat. So he said, a Jew is somebody who the anti-Semites hate. So we're united. You ever hear this? Hitler. Hitler didn't distinguish between the Frum and the Friar, so we shouldn't either. So Hitler becomes the Poisic now, who's a Jew? Could you hear him on Meshuganazach? Hitler, by the way, didn't distinguish between paternal or maternal lineage either. So maybe we should make people with fathers Jews. So it's a, it's a type of what's a Jew? A Jew is a nationality or a Jew is a Kabbalah Satan Harsin. Any connection that you feel between you as a Jew and a country, we, we feel a connection with the Torah. If you feel a connection with a country or a rock or a totem pole or a baseball team, that that is some connection with Klal Yisrael, doesn't involve Hashem, doesn't involve the Torah, that's Mamish Avoy There's a Toysus in Yivamist Avvav. You know the Toysus, right? That you have a Havamina, there's a special posseg not to make the Beis Hamikdash into an Avoy Because Beis Hamikdash could also, without Hashem, if you look at the Beis Hamikdash as the grand building of the Jews, the Empire State building of the Jews, you just made into Avoy That's Without Hashem, there is no year of the Beis Hamikdash. Without Hashem, there is no Eretz Yisrael. There's no Milan Eretz Yisrael. Without Hashem, there is no Klal Yisrael. And the idea that the Jews are united, there's some element of identity in the Jews, aside from that, that's Mamash Avoy Dezorah. So Lamayin Afkamina to us, well, Ukraine, Ukraine was, was in a war with Russia. And there were Jews in Ukraine, and they were being bombed, and we were all saying, till them for Ukraine, right? Did anybody really care who wins the war, Ukraine or Russia? All we cared about is the Jews in the Ukraine. Did anybody run around flying the Ukrainian flag in order to show support with the Jews in the Ukraine? Why do we care about Ukraine? Why do we care about Russia? We care about the Yidden over there. Just let them be safe. But when Israel is at war, they're hidden in Israel and they're in danger and we should care about them. But there, many Jews have a different attitude. This is our country at war, our people, our army, our flag, and they fly this and they pray Israel should win the war, not the Jews should be safe. They want Israel to win the war. When Israel wins a gold medal in the Olympics, the Jews are proud. When they, when they invent a new app, the Jews are proud. When they win a Eurovision Song Contest, the Jews are proud. What shyness does this country have more than more than Bovel, Bovel, which is today Iraq, between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, once had all the great yeshivas, Pumbadisa, Sura, Nahardah, Rav, Shmuel. This was Bovel. Did anybody care about Bovel because they had yeshivas? Bovel. 
We have Babel uh, in the Rares. What shaykhs do we have with the Babylonian government? Israel is no different than the Turks. The Turks once owned Eretz Yisrael. The Romans owned Eretz Yisrael. The Ottomans owned Eretz Yisrael. And now the Zionists owned Eretz Yisrael. That flag is the same as the Turkish flag. That government is the same as the Turkish government. They're the new Romans. They're the new Turks. And if there are Jews in Poland that were drafted into the army, we wouldn't want them to go to the army. And when they're Jews, and even if, let's say, Poland needed people in the army. in the army? And they didn't even want to... I didn't even start with the Shmad and the, the, the Shol Shvuas or any of these things. This is the ABC, I said basic Judaism. More than that goes past basic Judaism. This is Yiddishkeit. What's the Taicha Yid? And the attempt to change what's the Taicha Yid. And today, we have a change. There was a video. I, I saw this. Uh, Rav Moshe Sternbach sends out a newsletter. It's his people, like every week, they return to Parsha. And then I'll take questions. Um, and I saw a video, because I, I looked up what he was talking about. There was a, a Sheva Brachas of one of the Aguda uh, Knesset members, uh, grandson. And they invited Netanyahu, and I understand that. You've got to invite you know, your boss. He walks in, and the band stops playing whatever they were playing, and they started playing, and, and, and people, to this, Oichel Nevelis Vetrefus, and, and the people you see in the video, people running, circling him around, taking pictures, Kilo, he's a big Rosh Hashiva. And they mamish give him kvayt malachim. We're not talking Hanifa because he's a boss. We're talking Bachram kids. The idea that, that he's a hero, a Jewish hero, because he wants to help Jews. Ahasuerus helped the Jews, by the way. He did. He saved the Jews. Yes, he put them in danger. Abolamaisa, now that they're in danger, who saved them? Achashverosh. This, he has, he's, you know what? The, the American government helps the Jews too. And the, uh, many governments help the Jews. Their government is no different than anything else. And any attachment between this, our baseball team, our country, we won the war. There was a certain Rosh Hashiva, I don't want to say who, in 1967, he was in Eretz Yisroel, uh, he was Yushalmi, and um, a lot of the people ran away from the country to Europe because they were afraid, it was dangerous. And he had a shver here in America, also a big Rosh Hashiva. And he told the shver afterwards, that people were worried, he said, we got the Kaisel. So he said, who's we? What's we? What connection do we have with that country any more than China? And if there's one thing, one thing, that we should take from this one thing which will give a formula for how to react to many things is that Israel is the same as China. People ask me all the time. I speak at protests often for the Gius Bonus and the Nituche uh, Mesim and various different things. And sometimes the newspapers come. Usually not. But you know what? I want to tell you from experience, whether I'm here, I'm in Europe, they don't care about chopping up uh, Mason, they don't care about the bonus. the newspapers only care about one thing. They ask me, what do you think about Israel with the Palestinians? You know what I tell them? I tell them, why don't you ask me about China? China and the Uyghur Muslims, Japan and, and, and China, Russia and Afghanistan. Why would you ask me, I'm not Israeli and I'm not Palestinian. Why are you asking me about this? Teret says, you think because I'm Jewish, so therefore I have a connection with that country, and you want to know what I hold, what my country's doing. I said, well, you know what, that's what we're protesting about. That, 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 that you think that Israel represents the Jews, leave me alone, I'm not Israeli, I'm not Palestinian. Have not, you ask me what, Russia and Ukraine, imagine. If somebody, the Jews in Russia were not in danger, the Jews in Ukraine were in danger. We might saying to Hillen for them all the time, and there were some never, that were killed, as far as I heard. But nobody would come to ask me, what do you think about what Russia is doing in Ukraine? Because I'm not Russian, I'm not Ukrainian. The idea that Israel doesn't represent the Jews is something that not only we have to internalize, but the world has to internalize because it caused, it caused a lot of anti-Semitism, which is not, for now it's another schmooze. But that's the one main idea. This country, forget about the schmad, we're not talking about that now. Forget about, somebody asked me at the beginning over here, am I going to talk about eights and... and um, and, and, and uh, Degel, 
What? No, it's no degel nothing. It's a basic Yiddishkeit. What's the taich of a Jew? What is Klal Yisrael? These hashkafas that are eradicated. We need an army. We got to fight. Never again. We'll show them we're tough. All of these things are poison for the Jews. These are the hashkafas that they wanted to eradicate. And they did. And when Rav Shach and the Briskarov and Rav David Soloveitchik and whoever speaks about this says that this is so hard to get through to people, it's because a hundred years of propaganda goes into our heads. A hundred years, Bali Guzma Ben-Gurion hired a guy named uh, Ben-Sian Diner to make a whole new history and a whole new educational system with propaganda, at least teach about, uh, you know, when, when they teach about this, this thing, what, what flowers grow in Eretz Yisrael and what trees grow in Eretz Yisrael, what mountains are there. That's not how we relate to Eretz Yisrael. You know what that's like? That's like asking the Chafetz Chaim, we'll learn about the Chafetz Chaim, what color hair did he have? Uh, what, what fillings of his teeth? How tall was he? What, 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 uh, was he a right ear or left? Does anybody care about this? Nobody cares. We want to know about his Torah. It's Yisrael's the Kedusha that we care about. It doesn't matter what the names of the mountains are. And, and if you're going to tell me, well, yes, there's the Shivaminim and all these things, that's not what they're doing. They're doing, they're making it into a homeland. A connection between, like the Germans have a connection between them and their land. It's the motherland, it's the fatherland, it's the Moledet. This is not Eretz Yisrael's a tool for us to be Oyevet Hashem. So that's the Yisoyt. There are certain Hashkafas that these people wanted to eradicate and they succeeded marvelously in eradicating them. And we have to work to bring them back. Now, there's my of what, 10.15 I heard? 10.30. So, so should we open up for questions now? Yeah. Questions now. And, and do me a favor, what? I'm sorry, what? Wait, wait. What, you were saying something? It's not our own. Yeah. So they asked Rabbi Victor Miller about that. And he said about Rukhan Shmulev, that sometimes when you're talking in public and you have an oilum that believes something, you've got to say, Milsa the Misparshe betray But you have to understand something. I need to, to explain something. Here's a rule there will be Shverazachim. Listen, I grew up. Can I tell you a story? When I was 1968, I was a small kid. I was an issue. And I remember they, they brought us down to the base medrash in a cheder. It was Israel's 20th anniversary. And we were all wearing these pins that said Israel with the new territories, you know, shadowed. And the Menahel spoke about how when he was a kid, he was jealous of the Spanish kids because they had Spain and the Italian kids because they had Italy. And um, uh, the Jews didn't have anything. Now, I didn't think of it then, but really the emissary on that would be, were you jealous of the American kids too? Because they had America. And if not, where were you, right? And he said, now we have a Medina. Forty years later, okay, he called me up. I met him, but he had to call me up for something. He was like, yeah, hey, a or something. And I told the rabbi so-and-so. By the way, he was a Talmud of Rebbe Chonin and Branovich, this man. You remember in 1968 you made this speech. I said, we passed us for a Talmud of Rebbe to talk like that. He says the board of directors forced me. They forced me. So one Rosh Hashiva, you have no idea what goes on. In the Briskarov book, there's two, two, they, they, you know the Udois van Hogesel-based Brisk? Okay. So in there, there's a story where there are some Talmudim in the Briskarov that went to see a Zionist um, air show, airplanes or something, to admire them. And the Briskarov said, if the Nazi SS would make an air show, would you see them? Now, in Feldheim's biography on the Briskarov, the English version, written by the same person that wrote the Uvdois van Hogerslebeis Brisk. It's the same person, it was, it was Meller, the same person. There it has a story differently. It has a story, the air show, and they went to the Briskarov, and the Briskarov said, if, the, 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 if there were people who killed thousands of Jews who made an air show, would you see it? He didn't want the comparison to the Nazis because for the English-speaking crowd, it's too much, okay? They're, they're, um, the Rav Gifta's biography in art school, there's a letter that it has when Rav Gifta was in Tells that he wrote to somebody in America, okay? The letter over there, and there's a Hakdoma in Art Scroll. It says, Rav Gifta, the letter Rav Gifta is going to talk about Zionism, but you have to understand in those days it was different, now, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it really didn't say anything bad. It said the Aguda was made to combat Zionism, fine. 
Now, they have a little ksaviyad, a picture of the ksaviyad of the letter in the book. You look very, very careful, okay? You'll see they edited it out. They left out something. They didn't even put three dots. They just erased it. And if you go, you can, you can download the original letter. He said, Rav Gifta said, I remember when we used to fight about Zionism. I was for and you were against. Now I see you were right. And even the, uh, on the Mizrahi, he said, quote, if they weren't from a Yidden, we would say Yemach Shemom on the whole rotten bunch. They took it out. We grew up, I grew up, my Rebbeim never said anything. So you have a Reb Chaim Shmuel, this is what Rabbi Victor Noah was saying. You have a Reb Chaim Shmuel, you have people over there. Rav Hutna, after the Six Day War, okay? I heard this from a Talmud of his, I didn't even know this. It, one of the, I learned in Chaim Berlin, but one of my Mormon, Pachad Yitzchak on Shabbos, has to do with um, the Erev Rav. Epis, he said a mimer then about how they were moist and nefesh to go with Kal Yisrael into the Midbar or whatever. And I found out this was right after the Six Day War, and he was saying the Zionists of the Erev Rav. And, but he didn't mention them. And I know somebody that asked uh, the Rosh Hashiva, why did, why did you do this? I had Tynans. He said he needed to deflate the oil. Reproven Grzovsky writes in Boyas Hazman that when you're talking about Zionism, he says, why fight with the blue and white? That's a quote. People feel it. They, they don't want to hear. Better say that Tzioyim are So here's the vote. Here's the aside. If you have a, a toysvist that's paket from 100 gemaras, you have a kasha, right? Now, if somebody knows how to learn, he knows there's a shver toysvist. If somebody doesn't know how to learn, he thinks there's 100 shver gemaras. You know? So there you saw this, mamish you saw there you saw this. If you have a kasha on Rebchaim Shmolevitz, fine. I'm not saying there'll be a teretz, no problem. But it's not a kasha on this. You have to ask Rebchaim Shmolevitz, you know what I mean? Where's the kasha? That's the question. We can't go backwards, and this is what's missing. You start from a sugya, you know, I'll give you emotions, this is so important. Let's say nobody learns Hilkas Tefillah. And they know there's some tzaddikim that daven chakras four o'clock in the afternoon. And they say there's two shitas. And if the, and if the Rebbe gets up and he says, no, you got to daven chakras, bismanoi, somebody's going to say, well, what about this tzaddik? What are you going to tell him? You know what you're going to tell him? You're not going to tell him anything. You sit down and you learn the Mishnah. And you learn the Mishnah and the Gemara and the Tor and the Shulchan Aruch and the Rishonim and the Halacha. And then he won't ask such a kasha. Because if he has such a kasha, you say, I don't know. Go ask that Rebbe. I have no idea. But all I know is a Zosh state and that's it. That's what really we need to internalize here too.